Hello, everybody. You're listening to Amplify the Arts, a place for artists and art lovers of all kinds to gather, hear stories, and be inspired to amplify the arts in their own lives. I'm Sarah Dudnitz, a pageant girl, communication specialist, and all-around artsy-fartsy kid, and I am so happy that you're here. Before we dive into it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of your screen right now and share it on your Instagram story, tagging us at Amplify the Arts so that we can thank you and keep in touch with you there. All right, everybody, welcome to Amplify the Arts. Um, I'm so excited to have my mother on today, um, the one and only. She, from a very young age for me, has always instilled um, a love and appreciation for the arts, um, something I'm so thankful for. And she's one of those people who, while you're not a singer or a dancer or an actor, <laughs> you are always making those opportunities possible for other people and always helping them grow those. So um, I think that is incredible. So I would say thank you for being here, but you only had to walk from the, the living room to my bedroom. So I don't know if that's much of a trek, but thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's my first podcast. Excited. <laughs> so exciting. Um, do you just want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you went to school, what you're up to now? Yeah, so my name is Kim Dudnitz, and I teach um, middle school at Meridian Junior High in Sanford, Michigan. Um, I t- co-teach a humanities class, which is English and American history combined, and I also teach a 7th um, and 8th grade drama elective. I have three fabulous grown children, um, one fabulous now retired husband, and I went to school way, 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 way long ago at uh, Central Michigan University, and I graduated with a degree in English and a minor in speech and dramatic arts. You make us sound so good talking about us. I love it. Um, so what inspired you to study speech and dramatic arts? You know, I wish it was this really, really, really great story. I, I went to, I don't know, when I, when I was young, I was always... Um, pretending to be a teacher. I used the funny story that I used to always lock my brothers in my bedroom and make them do worksheets and I had a chalkboard on my board. Um, but then when I went to school, I didn't go into that. I went into business and I, I wanted to work in like hospitality and run oh, conferences. like tourism and, and stuff tourism, like that yes, kind of? I would love to work for conferences and all that kind of stuff. But um, I just kept coming back to my first love and my first love was kids and my first love was reading. And I also knew that I wanted to have a family and I knew that career would be challenging because it's a lot of night times, a lot of weekends and stuff too. So I just fell back on, like I said, what my love was, which was reading and which was kids. I started out in um, elementary ed. I was almost done with my elementary degree. And I just realized, whew, those teachers got to work really hard. <laughs> um, actually, little kids are little kids, a lot of work. I right love now. little kids, but it's a lot of work. But actually I realized what I wanted to do with literature and things was more of a for older kids. So I was going into English and was getting a minor in biology and it just wasn't fitting really well for me. So when I went in and talked to one of my counselors, she suggested speech. And so I started to take some of those classes and I loved it. I honestly only um, took the acting and the theater classes because it was part of it. Mm-hmm. That was not my first love. My first love was um, public speaking and interpersonal communication. So in, even in retrospect, had I not been that far into my English degree, I probably would have done the speech and dramatic arts mm. as my primary and probably tried to teach it at the college level because I love that. But the theater kind of, it was just, just a couple classes that were crammed in there. 
but because, as Sarah mentioned earlier, I am not a singer, I am not a dancer, <laughs> I am not an actor, um, those classes were, I just did the bare minimum to get through, and I loved the interpersonal communication and the public speaking. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of did that, and that's how that ended up. Look at you now. Look at me now. Who would have thought it? Yeah. So then... I know you taught at Meridian for a long time before you started mm -hmm. the theater program mm -hmm. and all of that. So what was that like starting that and how did that come about? What inspired you to do that? You know, that's a really good question. And when you mentioned some of these things earlier, I was trying to rack my brain and remember exactly how it all went down. So what, I re what I'm re kind of remembering is probably just the gist of it and not 100% true. But basically what happened was you wanted to be in... Um, just some different plays and you wanted to do things and we live in a very rural area um, but we have great access to Midland Michigan which has a lot of resources so you started to do some things at the Center for the Arts and they are phenomenal mm -hmm. um, but it's just not easily accessible and I knew of other kids at um, in Meridian and they wanted to do things too and there was just nothing available there's not transportation there was no programs nothing like that so um, I think it was based on just a conversation in a parking lot with another mom of an eighth grader, um, Keely Bone, who is a professor of theater at CMU, she had indicated that she was interested in it as well. So somehow we brainstormed to put together some sort of after-school drama club. Um, got some kids together. I have a wonderful boss um, at the middle, at Kent Boxy, who is super supportive of the arts, and he gave us a thumbs up on that. And so we just started to do some after-school training and I was just thrilled because Keely is a genius mm -hmm. and to just be able to kind of be in her presence and watch what she does. She's phenomenal and she's, you know, worked around the world and extremely accomplished. So for me to just even be in her presence and what I viewed my job as was I wanted to do all the administrative things and get mm -hmm. everything organized and provide space and communicate with the kids and the families and make copies um, so Keely could come in and just be fabulous, which she was. But what Keely didn't realize is I was like completely a sponge soaking up every single thing she said, everything she did, and I watched how she did things because having not really been a theater person and only taking those few classes, I had no idea what I was doing. So I just tried to really soak up that and just bask in that. Mm -hmm. She was amazing and it was fun to watch her bring so many kids into the program and to um, just work with you guys and bring that kind of stuff out and I don't know I think it was just a really cool experience and so that was the beginning. So I guess diving right into that more then what is the biggest change or some of the biggest changes or benefits that you see to middle schoolers having access to something like this? Well it kind of evolved because we did the after school thing mm -hmm. um, and then we so that was just an after school club and then it kind of morphed into where we did some things with um, seventh or twelfth graders, um, and then it morphed into um, my principal, Mr. Roxy, asking if we he was looking for some more electives for the kids, mm -hmm. and I thought, well, hey, let's just throw this out there and see if we could do a drama elective, and he immediately emailed me back and said yes, which I wasn't really prepared for because I thought, <laughs> and then I was like, there's no way this will ever work. What have I done? Um, <laughs> and so it it's just kind of morphed into now it is an elective during the day which is really nice because when you have an after-school program and you live in a rural area mm -hmm. not everybody has transportation to stay to, and to do those kinds of things so having those things during the day has really made a big difference 
and I don't think I answered your question. Put it, go back and say <laughs> that. That's okay. Um, the biggest change in students or the benefits that you've seen in them? The biggest change I have seen has been that kids are really, it's like very cool to be in drama. <laughs> like they... Which is not normally the case. Which is not normally the case. So we do a lot of fun things with them. We do everything um, during the course of the school day. So all of the plays that we do are 35 to 45 minutes. We try mm-hmm. to do two a semester. Um, we try to make sure kids from all over the district and that even the elementary and stuff see them. Um, we bring in kids early in the process, like we'll have some fifth graders come in, like we're on, you know, we've got our scripts in our hands, the very beginning of the process, they give feedback, then they come back when we're off book, and then they, and they think it's a really big deal because they're the experts and they get to really <laughs> see how we progress, and then they come through the, for the final performance and comment, and so it really builds like this community where all the kids, even though they're not in the class, feel like they're part of it, mm-hmm. and they really aspire to be in it. The very first semester I had it, I think I had seven or 11 kids and they all showed up that day like what just happened like they didn't what have they I signed up for they yeah sign up they got done oh. into it and then we just worked with it worked with it worked with it and now they're just there's a lot of kids who want to be a part I of think, it yeah to it. and it's so funny to like dig even deeper into that because I think the band at our school is the same way mm-hmm. like we obviously we didn't even have a theater program we don't have an orchestra, we don't have a choir, um, but we do have a band. And I know when I was in high school, I think it was like 33% of the entire high school was in band, which yes. band is like the cool thing to do, which is unheard of. So mm-hmm. why do you think that is at our school? Um, for, for band or for the drama class? Just like, why are like the arts program such a cool thing? I think because we make them very fun. It's not mm-hmm. you just go in and do these kinds of things. You know, you don't just go to class and... You know, we perform, and the things that we perform are very fun. Um, we advertise all the fun that we're having. Like, we make sure everybody sees it. We appeal to the younger grades so that they can see, look at what the cool older kids are doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that builds excitement. Um, yeah. Yeah, just try to make it as fun as possible. It's such a positive experience. Yeah. You guys do a good job of that. Um, what other, like, how do you see kids grow in their time in the theater program? Well, it's really fun because they come in, um, even the ones who want to be there. There's always a couple who still kind of schedule-wise get dumped in. But they come in very nervous. Um, and so I just spend the first couple weeks, like, we just play games. We have, we're have we silly. We have fun. I try to get to know them. I try to spend a lot of time talking to them one-on-one. Mm-hmm. We do, like I said, the goofiest games and all that kind of stuff. And then it just builds, like, once they start to have that sense of, a, I'm part of a team. B, this is a safe place, which is huge because mm-hmm. I think acting more than anything, you have to put yourself out there. And you have it's to very take vulnerable. Yeah, very vulnerable, and it is hard enough to be a junior high kid. Oh my gosh, I never yeah. want to do that again. But it's hard enough to be a junior high kid, let alone being a junior high kid acting in front of your peers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we just At I the see start. them grow in confidence. I see them owning whatever role they're in. I see them starting to take like chances and make choices and decisions as actors, not just this is what Miss Dudens told me to do. Right. So there's not like a right or a wrong. It's no. Yeah. You know, we'll perform three or four days in a row, and so many of these kids each time you can see a they've taken my suggestions and really you know incorporated them into their roles. Mm Or B, they just start to come up with these incredible choices. Like sometimes I'll sit in the audience, like, "Wow!" Or <laughs> I didn't. Or, even oh, oh, 
but, but regardless, they're regardless, doing they, that kind of thing. They do those yeah. kinds of things. And I have so many teachers tell me, like, they can spot a drama kid because they just bubble up in how they do their presentations. They rise up. They mm-hmm. carry themselves differently. And so that's yeah. how I notice some change. That's what I think is awesome because, I mean, the whole point of this podcast is amplifying mm-hmm. the arts and advocating for the arts. And I think that's one of the most valuable things that I've taken from it is... I think you told me earlier, your students go to present in another class and they're like, Psh, piece of cake. This yeah. is so easy compared to me making a fool of myself in drama class, yeah. you know? And I think that is such a um, sought after skill. Even, I mean, these are junior high kids, but mm-hmm. years down the line when they're applying for jobs, that makes a world of difference. And well, you know, there's an expression and it sounds trite, but all the world's a stage, right? Mm-hmm. So when they get up to do a presentation in the science class, you take on that role you engage your audience, you have great vocal energy, mm-hmm. you have eye contact, you have stage presence, you have, you know, and I, yeah. even if you don't really know what you're talking about, <laughs> you can do a good job you of it. play that role. Absolutely. But I also think the most important part, too, is that I want um, drama class to look different from the rest of their day. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to look like a core class. I want it to be a soft spot to land, that they can be themselves, they can have fun, and if nothing, even for the rest of their day, they may feel as sad as it is, maybe lonely or alienated, for that one hour, mm-hmm. they feel seen and they feel part of a team and part of, you know, like, they do. Once you build that camaraderie and you build that core. You belong there. You belong. For, yeah. And I don't know what happens in the lunchroom, but I know in that room for that hour, mm-hmm. they belong. And I think that means a yeah. lot. And I've had a lot of parents email me and say, thank you for that, or thank you, that's, you know, mm-hmm. this is the only reason she gets out of bed in the morning. Yeah. So that's huge. Absolutely. And I know we hit on this a little bit, but um, I guess this is true everywhere, not just in a a community like ours. But I mean, you don't know what these kids are going home to either. And you don't know if their home life is safe or if they feel secure there. And again, even in every other class, you might feel stupid in math class or you feel like an idiot in gym class like I always did. Or, you know, you just it's so good for them to have that safe space. And you talked a little bit earlier to me, too, about um, you have all sorts of kids in mm-hmm. your um, classes. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that, too. Yeah, so one of the things that's really neat is um, the academic benefits that come to these things, and I love it because the kids don't even know they're doing it half the time. I mean, I have kids who will not read a book in English class, and they come into, they won't read a page and a text in an English class. They come into drama class, and they're reading pages and pages of scripts, and they are hunkered down, and they're highlighting their lines. They're and they're memorizing. They're memorizing, and they want to know what these words mean. And I like to look at them and think, you don't even know you're learning right now, do you? <laughs> and I just think that that's such a cool benefit to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that we have kids who maybe are in a, um, maybe they're separated from the rest of their grade a good part of the day. Maybe they're in the cognitively impaired program or something like that. And once they come into drama class, they're just another kid. Mm-hmm. And so they get to blend in, and we make sure that they have things that they're successful in. Um, but they also never cease to amaze me how, wow, I'm really good at this, you know. Mm-hmm. Or it may be a kid's not a good reader, but they're a great listener. And so this is right up their alley. Maybe they have a lot of energy. This is right up their alley. Where maybe math class, that doesn't go over so well. Yeah, um, yeah so I just think it's a great way for a lot of different personalities to come together. Um, a lot of opportunities for success and a lot of opportunities, like I mentioned earlier, to feel that you are part of um, a team. I remember two semesters ago, I had a girl who was in the cognitively impaired class and she was in my drama class and there was a, a couple boys in there who were just very popular boys, you know, 
and they were they were just so kind to her. Not that they wouldn't be, but you could see her just like in the lunchroom. She probably wouldn't feel like this, but in that room, they always invited her to participate. They always included her to mm -hmm. be part of it, and you could just see she just felt like, wow, I'm like one of the kids, and mm -hmm. I don't think she felt like that before. So that's oh, cool. Yeah, I love stories like that, yeah. and I think that like hearing these stories from you is like a huge reason I decided to start a podcast because yeah. it's not all glamorous arts things and performing on huge stages, yeah. but I don't know, just getting to like influence lives in the way you have, I think is like yeah. the coolest thing ever. So tangent, but wanted yeah. to say that. Yeah. Do you see any other life skills that they can sort of take into other parts of their lives that transcend just a drama classroom? I think the biggest one is confidence, um, because like we mentioned earlier, it is hard enough to be a junior high kid. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't think anyone would want to redo oh, it. I give them so much credit. Um, but to have that confidence, and once you do those things, you know, like if you can stand up in front of some of your peers, your, you know, your classmates, and, and put do these roles and do them well, or even maybe mess up a little bit, mm -hmm. and you're still able to recover from that, you're still able to you know, carry yourself, and, and that just gives you enormous confidence going in the rest of your day, mm -hmm. and I just think that's huge, and if you know that you can belong somewhere, you can accomplish these things, you can memorize all these things, I really do think that translates into your other classes, and it just gives you a lot of confidence. I love that. So this year, of course, has been challenging, no matter what class, no matter what job you have, no matter what, um, with the pandemic. What has that been like teaching for you, because you've done in-person and virtual, um, what have the challenges been with teaching in that way? The biggest challenge was, it, well, first of all, when we went remote so abruptly, because even though maybe COVID was around for a little bit, really, I, I just feel like it was almost instantaneous that we were like, what's mm -hmm. COVID? We're shutting down. What's happening? And my, um, my drama students at that time had been working really hard on a play. It was the funniest play ever. It was like my favorite script. And then just to not... Was this the one that they had written themselves? No. This that was is, something else. Okay. This is called Stage Parents. And so like all about these overbearing stage parents. And just the kids had... They were so good and we were so ready to go. And then when we shut down for the remainder of the school year, they never had an opportunity to perform it live. Mm -hmm. And that was very disappointing because they had put so much work into it. But everything was so new then. I mean, I know there's a lot of you know virtual performances and things now, but everything happened so fast and then in our town, we suffered the two dam breaks and mm -hmm. all these things, and everything just went crazy. So those that group of kids never had an opportunity to perform. That was very, very sad. And then coming back um, in the fall semester, September 2020, um, drama class, we were off and running. It was really difficult to perform with masks on because you performed yeah. so much with your face and we worked so much with your vocal energy and all those kinds of things. And you have those masks on, it was like, Ugh. but it's even when you think that it's going to be really tough, kids are so remarkably resilient. They're mm -hmm. just like, okay, we got to have a mask on. Let's just make it happen. And I think they, they're so much more resilient than we are. They are. <laughs> We're such babies about it sometimes. I know. And people think, oh, poor kids. No, kids are like, okay, no, let's go. Right. We got it. Let's do it. And they, they had it. We did our first play, and they just nailed it, and it was great. Um, and now they're working on their second play. Um, and then when we shut down for a couple of weeks, they were extremely nervous and very sad because for their second play, they get to completely write it. It's completely right. actor-driven. 
wrote the whole thing. They've got this great play coming out called Zoo Animals Take Over Christmas. Um, <laughs> they did all the dialogue. They've done all the blocking. They've done every single thing. They created their own parts. Um, and then we went home for a couple of weeks, and they were really sad thinking we weren't going to perform it. So we did come back. Uh, we are face-to-face -face now. And we won't be performing it before Christmas hmm. because that would have just been too rushed and too crazy. So we will be performing it after Christmas. So, you know, in, in the mind of junior high kids, they're like, well, all right, we'll do a Christmas it play for Christmas because it's better to do it. And so they're excited mm -hmm. about it. But Oh, yeah. Well, that's exciting. I'm glad that they still get to do it. I, I feel very invested in, I know. in their journey. So this is a question that I did not prep you for, so that's okay if you don't have an answer right off the bat, but walking into 2021, between the pandemic and just everything else that junior high kids have to live with, with the pressure of social media, the pressure of their future, the pressure of everything, why do you think that middle schoolers need the arts? I think they need the arts because the arts are such a personal, um, hands-on, um, emotional, physical, social, psychological, I mean, it just, that incorporates everything about you. Mm -hmm. um, as so many schools, especially with COVID, are a lot of Zooming, a lot of, re you know, remote things, a lot of technology things, and there's nothing wrong with that in its own little environment, but I think the arts take you out of that, and I think that we are, as human beings, inherently social, creative, um, and you want to produce something mm -hmm. and be a part of something that's a little bit bigger than you. And I think that that's what the arts gives you an opportunity to do. That was very good. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. I think one of the things that we kind of talked about um, as we were driving was that if you we didn't have an arts program available to us. I mean, mm -hmm. we did in Midland, but like I said, it's extremely competitive. There's only a few things here or there, and we need something in-house and local. And yeah, it can't if, be expensive. It can't require no, a lot of, yeah. Transportation and all these other kinds Time. of things. And, yeah, and so if you don't have what you want, create what you want. And I think that that was, you know, that we clearly did that with the after-school drama program, which morphed into... A bigger campus program which morphed into elective classes which also morphed into a theater camp that we were able to mm -hmm. do at one time um, and then COVID shut us down the following year so hopefully we can get that going again but don't wait for the arts to come to you make that happen because mm -hmm. people want that and parents want what's best for their kids um, and they will move heaven and earth to help you and to support you I saw that time and time again in band camp Mm -hmm. You know, we talked, you mentioned earlier about what a phenomenal band program we have in such a small district. Parents do want their kids to have mm -hmm. access to great things. And it does not matter what you do or who you are. Parents love their kids and they want, they will do everything they can to support you. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have parents who could afford to take their kids into Midland, but we had parents who would bring us props for a play or bring snacks for a rehearsal mm -hmm. or, you know, do whatever it needed to be done. So I guess my, my point is, don't wait for somebody to have something for you. If you see a need in your community, um, make the arts happen and people will come. It's fantastic. You've talked about um, how it started off as after school thing. It morphed into this, it morphed into this. Um, do you see it morphing into anything more? Do you have any more dreams for it? Um, you know, I'm hoping, um, you know, 
with, with COVID, everything's just kind of funky. I'm hoping that when sometimes when something's taken away, you realize how important it was to you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that even more kids are going to want to do these things. Um, we were very blessed to have a new auditorium built on our campus um, that we've been wanting for a long time. Finally, so, yeah, <laughs> it's so about time. For, yeah, we've been waiting for, for quite a few years for millages to pass, but our voters were extremely gracious to us this last time around. And so now we have a nice big auditorium. And I would love to see the program developed and built so that we can even have more, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's the younger, even the younger kids. Um, in our junior high, we also have a fifth grade elective where they go through every, I think it's six weeks in a mini, little mini drama program. Mm. And so, you know, they get it in fifth grade, they can get it in seventh and eighth grade. There are some things at the high school. Hopefully we can continue to have a theater camp. Um, yeah, so I'm just hoping that it will continue to build. Post-pandemic. Post-pandemic, and just like our um, all the other amazing things that we have at Meridian, whether it's being a new tech school, being mm -hmm. a project-based learning, amazing sports teams, amazing band program, um, hopefully that will come up as well. And, and I like it. I think it's, I don't know, David and Goliath's story, because I don't really know who our Goliath is, but <laughs> I love when you see... Um, a small intimate community like um, Sanford who especially has gone through so much just rise up and have these amazing mm -hmm. things I think that that's just a, a real testimony to what can be done we live in a good little town that's for sure all right well mom thank you so much for being here I appreciate You're welcome. it welcome thank you for having me Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, my mom is one of my favorite people to talk to, so I hope that you enjoyed hearing from her as well. Um, if you'd like to keep up with her on Instagram, you can find her at kdudnitz, and you can keep up with us at Amplify the Arts. <laughs>